Hello and welcome everybody to my video Interest Rates Rise Financial Repression Continues. The crushing issue of high inflation caused by central banks can no longer be downplayed. Public displeasure at the increasing currency devaluation has now forced monetary policy makers to act. The US central bank has raised its key interest rate to one percentage point. Many other central banks have also reacted, such as the Bank of England, the Central Bank of Australia and the Central Bank of Sweden. Even the ponderous European Central Bank now plans to raise interest rates at the beginning of the third quarter this year. Does all this mean that, that, that there will be an interest rate reversal? The answer to this question is important for investors. Interest rates play an extremely significant role in economic and financial activity especially in the price formation in asset and commodity markets. The answer begins with a look at the fiat money system that has been installed the world over. In the fiat money system, interest rates are not established in a free market. Rather, the interest rate is set in a restricted market. Not only do central banks dictate short-term interest rates, but they now also have a firm grip on long-term interest rates through the purchase of debt securities. In principle, if they want, they can determine the interest rate to the decimal place. The interest rate is extremely important to the functioning of the fiat money system. Because fiat money is created by the central banks in close cooperation with the commercial banks, which lend money to consumers, producers and governments without corresponding savings, that is, income not consumed available. It amounts to creating money out of thin air. Such an artificial supply of credit lowers the market interest rate below the level it would have been had the artificial supply of credit not occurred. The artificial suppression of the interest rate initially causes an economic upswing, a boom. The boom has an impact on the economic production and employment structure. Scarce resources are increasingly being invested in long-term, time-consuming projects and less in the production of consumer goods. The investment success and thus the continuation of the boom depend on interest rates remaining low or falling to even lower levels. As long as the boom continues, everything seems to be working fine and properly. Companies seem to be doing everything right, they are making profits. Borrowing is possible without major problems. Workers can hope for higher wages and more job opportunities. Tax revenues flow, stock market prices are climbing to new highs. But debt is also growing in absolute terms and in relation to economic output. Consumer spending is financed on tick, which essentially means capital consumption and no capital accumulation. And the government, in particular, borrows heavily to finance its spending which normally contributes little to nothing to the productivity growth of the economy. Returns on many business investments lag behind the rise in debt, contributing to the increase in overall debt levels. What happens when the central bank raises interest rates is obvious in the light of what has been said. When interest rates rise, people reduce their consumption and save more of their current income. Companies suddenly notice that profits are lower than hoped, new investments do not pay off contrary to expectations, they flop. Projects are halted, liquidated and jobs created in the boom are lost. 
In other words, the boom turns into bust. This necessitates a reallocation and revaluation of the factors of production, tools, machines, labor, etc. It becomes clear that some of these factors have been wasted, that is, channeled into unfeasible production methods with extremely low residual utilization, leaving behind ruins. Workers are also affected. Human skills and abilities are no longer needed at previous levels, and workers have to reorient themselves and retrain or drop out of the labor market. Since all of this takes time, the economic rebalancing that such a bust entails does not usually come without a recession and mass unemployment. In a highly indebted economy, this is particularly painful. Anyone who loses their income through unemployment, for example, has problems paying off their debt service on their home. Companies are under equal pressure to meet their interest and principal payments. Banks are affected by payment delays and defaults. If risk provisions are not sufficient to, close, to cover losses, the bank's meager equity base will be depleted. Banks become cautious and reluctant to lend, and the flow of new credit and new money into the economy dwindles. This, in turn, puts pressure on asset prices. Stock and bond prices, as well as real estate and land prices, decline. The value of the collateral underlying bank lending dwindles. Banks require additional collateral from borrowers. If borrowers cannot afford this, they are threatened with termination of the loan and slide to the brink of bankruptcy. This way, the inflationary regime can ultimately turn into a deflationary regime in which the prices of goods fall across the board and the economy goes down the drain. If there are no opposing forces, such a development will even bring down the entire fiat money system. But there are opposing forces. It is important to note that the debt pyramid has been piled up under a regime of financial repression in recent years. Central banks have cut interest rates to such uh, have cut interest rates so much that they were and still are negative after inflation. Maturing loans were thus replaced by new loans with a negative real interest rate. And more loans were also taken out, also with negative real interest rates. Therefore, it is understandable that especially highly indebted governments have very little interest in a monetary policy that increases interest rates and lowers inflation. Because low interest rates combined with high inflation are exactly what public finances need. They reduce government debt at the expense of creditors and money holders. An exit from such a repression would most likely trigger a major economic and financial, even political crisis, as the associated rise in real interest rates would cause a bust. So the key question is, what is the motive of the central banks? Their true motive is certainly not to keep consumer price inflation at the 2% mark. Otherwise, they would have raised interest rates long ago. Rather, it is, to believed, it is to be feared that central banks want higher inflation to diffuse the precarious debt problem of their national economies. As mentioned before, this can be achieved if interest rates are kept low with inflation exceeding interest rates so that the creditors and money holders get the short end of the deal. However, there is a problem. Inflation must not get too high, because if that happens, there is a risk that people will literally flee from money, and money threatens to lose its function altogether. Of course, governments don't want that. They need inflationary fiat money to conduct their redistributive policies. If central banks want to pursue a policy of elevated inflation, 
while at the same time preventing inflation from spiraling out of control, they have to bluff the public, giving the impression that they are determined to fight inflation, which of course they are to blame for. While some smaller interest rates might be delivered, the question is, will real interest rates, which have been negative for around 15 years, return back to positive territory? Doubts remain. The elevated level of debt in the economies indicates that real interest rates can no longer return to normal levels. All the more so as there is a tacit consensus in the Western world that free market forces must not challenge the, the welfare state, finance with ever more debt and inflationary fiat money. This mindset also supports those who want to impose the Great Reset and Great Transformation agenda on their fellow people. The fiat money system is a particularly powerful instrument not only for the state but also for the special interest groups who seek to use the state for their purposes of manipulating economic and societal developments. They will not give it up lightly. The strong political incentive to keep the fiat money system afloat suggests that central banks on both sides of the Atlantic will only tighten interest rates slightly, but that they will not abandon their inflationary policies, and that if the economy slows down, they will respond with even more debt, more money, and even higher inflation. So even if interest rates rise, you as an investor should be aware that the financial repression continues. The purchasing power of official currencies will most likely continue to be heavily debased. It is a development that not only increasingly erodes the store of value function of the US dollar, euro and co, it also threatens their means of exchange function. Thank you very much for your attention. If you enjoyed the video, please like, share, follow my channel and ring the bell.